All right, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read the first two verses. Hebrews 12. First two verses here. Once again, this is where we started out last week too. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be in this special service this morning, Lord. It's special because you've allowed us to be here today, Lord, and you've allowed us to hear these testimonies and those that have witnessed for you. And Lord, we're, it's special because uh, we feel your spirit here this morning, Lord, and we're thankful for that stirring. And we pray to God right now that your spirit will continue to stir in the hearts and minds of each one of us, Lord, that we can hear from heaven today uh, that each one of us, Lord, that we know and realize that maybe there's a closer walk that we need to have with you. Uh, maybe there's something in our life that uh, shouldn't be there that we need to come and repent of. Uh, maybe there's someone here that doesn't know you. Lord, we pray to God that that spirit will stir and draw them, Lord. And we pray to God that you'll give each one of us, Lord, the courage and the boldness, Lord, to step out in faith, trusting and believing and looking to you. Lord, we just thank you, dear God, for what we've heard this morning, what we've already experienced. Lord, we thank you for that. But Lord, pray right now, Lord, that you be with the remainder of this service, Lord. We just want to give you the praise and glory for everything. In Jesus' name we do pray. And amen. <clears throat> Once again, uh, the second part of, uh, to finish up from last week, I know everybody wasn't here last week. We won't go over everything, but we'll go over just a, a little bit about what we was talking about, about resetting your life. Uh, First off, there in verse 2, uh, it said again, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus has a work in you. Jesus has placed a work in you. Uh, you may have not have come to that realization yet. Uh, you may not have come to that understanding. You may not have even received Christ in your life yet. But He has a work in you. And He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to demonstrate what that work that He has for you. He wants to start that work and He'll finish it for you as well. It's not for us to say when our race is finished. It's not up to us to say when our work for the Lord or our purpose is completed. Uh, but it's up to the one that started it. He is the author and He is the finisher of our faith. I'm confident that the only way that I was saved from a devil's hell was by the grace of God and Jesus Christ who shed his blood. I repented of my ways and sins, received him unto my life, and that shed blood covered my sins, praise God. Nothing I could do but is what cross did, uh, Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And he began something within me. Now, I didn't understand what it was exactly back then, but I knew I was saved by the grace of God. God. And he began a work within me. And I've been a work in progress, I'm sure. And my wife will tell you that. Uh, she's been working with me for 37 years. I still probably can't change some things uh, that is an innate within me. But thank God when Jesus comes to our, into our life, 
He puts a spiritual nature within us and begins that work in us. And he'll continue to work on that until he says, okay, that's enough. It's time to come on home. And we see Brother James Worthy as we talked about last week and, and, and today. We've seen that his work was completed here on this earth. Thank God his life is just beginning, uh, but his work here on earth has been completed. There was a start and a finish to his faith here on uh, uh, the planet earth that God created. And Jesus wants to do the same in your life as well. Uh, but we, as we live in this life and as we've experienced strange things over the last couple of years, it's become even more evident that this world wants to conform us to its way. The world wants to condition us in a certain regards uh, to live the way of the world, that certain things are okay, and it's contrary to the Word of God. And now it says in the Scriptures that Satan is the prince of this world. So if you're being conformed and conditioned by the world, then let's just get right down to it. You're being conformed and conditioned by Satan himself. Uh, he wants us to go along with everybody else that's in the world. Uh, but gee, it says in the scriptures that uh, he wants us to be transformed. He wants us to be changed completely. He wants to take us from that natural flesh and natural sin we was born into. And he wants to give us a life everlasting. That's the reason Christ came and gave his life willingly for you and I. And as we've seen, uh, the world will continue to work on Christians or believers as well. Uh, we've become a child of God and we've been given the promises in the Word of God. We believe that the Word of God is uh, not in error. There's no error found in it, but it is the truth. It says the devil is the liar and the father of it, but we believe the true Word of God. That's what guides our life today. And uh, we see here that as we if we examine our life as I challenged those that was here last week to do the same if we examine our life and let God examine it and say God am I fulfilling the purpose that you had within my life first and foremost are you a child of God if you're not a child of him that's the first condition of that is for you to receive him into your life but even as a Christian are we still fulfilling the purpose of Almighty God? Are we doing according to the will of God? Are we serving Him supremely in our life? Uh, is the world beginning to conform or condition us to some extent? Because that's what I want. It wants you to believe that there's really not a word of sin. Uh, that S-I-N, no, that's not a word uh, because it's got a negative connotation to it. Uh, people maybe make mistakes, but there's not sin and it's not going to take you to hell. That's what the world wants you to believe. That's what the devil wants you to believe. But in the Word of God, it says that there's a death penalty that's given to sinners. But, said, but because there was a death penalty given to us, God said, I provided a way that you don't have to receive that. That penalty that Jesus paid for that penalty our sin debt he paid on the cross of Calvary and praise God by his blood we can all be forgiven of those sins and shortcomings word of God says it's sin if there's something in the word of God that was written 
many years ago that said it was sin. Guess what? It's still sin today, regardless of what the world wants us to believe. We look at the true word of God. Do we need to reset our life? We as children of God, have we uh, really taken a close look and said, okay, I'm truly walking the path and I'm walking the inerrant word of God or have I been allowed the world to condition me? Have I allowed the world to conform me? Have I allowed circumstances of this life to change me? Now let's be honest. If you've been a child of God very long at all, I would say probably conditions and circumstances has changed you to some extent. If you've been a Christian very long at all, you could probably look back through your life and say, I remember a period of time that I began drifting away from God and I was getting closer to the world. That's what the world wants us to do. And all the things that's happened, uh, it's, uh, it's part of God's plan. He knows, He understands what's going to happen, what, uh, what's left for us to, to, to experience in this life. We don't know. That's why we have faith in God. But yet, there's times, maybe you're at a time, even if you're a child of God today, maybe you're at your spiritual walk right now, and you can look and see where circumstances change the way you were serving Him. Maybe it's time to reset our life. I, I think this is important and relevant today because of everything we're experiencing. But we're also, the church is challenged. I'm talking about the church of God is challenged today. And we need more of the church that's out in the world proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ than ever before. You've had it said this morning by multiple people, the time of Christ's return is drawing near. It's not getting further away. I know I'm getting nearer to my own death. It's, I'm not getting further away. I'm getting, as every moment passes, I'm getting closer and closer. So if God has a purpose in our life and we know each moment is a fleeting moment, we know this is a time that we have to have an urgency about it and say, God, if I'm not where I need to be, help me reset my life. Do you need to reset your life? I, 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 God showed me just a, a multiple things, but we'll just look at a handful this morning at how we could reset our lives. Some steps that we could take to reset our lives. One of the things I've seen in the book of Hebrews and uh, uh, even the previous chapter, the faith chapter, chapter 11. There's some things we can certainly take from that. I think one of the first things we need to make sure we're doing is that we're keeping our reward in sight. That we're keeping our reward in sight. I said, I've told Christians this over the years, that occasionally we have to just think, wait a minute, this is not my home forever down here. We got a better place to go to. God, I just need you to help me get through this circumstance. Because I know once I get through this, I know I'm getting closer to home. I know I'm going through pain right now, Lord, and I need your help. But I know that pain's going to be gone forevermore one of these days. We have to keep the reward. We have to keep the vision of God, I think, in our mind and in our heart. We have to remind ourselves of that. There's that song called Vision of Heaven. Great song. But first part of that says, I had a vision of heaven, what these eyes did see, as I viewed way up yonder in that sweet 
eternity. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Christians that are here this morning, you ever had a, a dream or kind of a vision or of heaven? Oh, it's wonderful. My grandfather, he talks about getting those dreams all the time. I thought, well, what a blessing that is. To see glimpses into heaven. And although we don't know exactly what it's going to look, with, look like, we don't know all this. We, know, we get a glimpse of it in the Word of God. And what we hold on to more than anything is that our Lord and Savior is going to be there. We're going to be with Him forever. Those that have accepted Him into their life. But it talks about in that song too that see a little old lady or it could be a person that helped you down through this way of life. I've got those in my own life that's went on to be with the Lord. Some are still here, but some have went on to be with the Lord. Going to see them up in heaven one of these days. Or maybe it was, uh, 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 maybe it's a, a mother or father that's up there. Or an aunt or an uncle or, or, or grandma or grandpa that was special to you that uh, demonstrated the love of Christ and lived that walk. And uh, they're going to be up there in heaven that we can spend eternity with. If you've received Christ in your life. We've got that promise though that we've been given. That we can go there and part no more. Sometimes we just got to keep that in our mind. Noah kept a vision in his mind. Because uh, it says in uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews. said by faith Noah being warned of God. Things not seen as yet moved with fear. Prepared an ark at, to the saving of his house. Noah, as you know, was the ark builder. He was the boat builder. He, he built the boat of all boats. And he had a, a vision. There was something that he didn't know exactly what it was. But he knew that there, because of a man's wickedness on this earth, God revealed this vision to him. And said, no, you need to build a boat in order to save lives because I'm going to destroy the earth because of its sin. Because of its wickedness. Do you think day after day after year after year that Noah... Do you think he... Well, let's see what today holds. I'll do a little bit more, Lord, but I don't know. We'll see if it rains or not. We'll see if you flood this earth. We'll see what happens. I think Noah had the vision of what was going to take place in mind. He had the end and he used it for the beginning to begin building the boat. And because he's seen that, because he had faith in God, and he believed it was going to come to pass, him and seven other family members were saved from the flood, from the destruction of this earth. Many others on the outside probably thought he was foolish until the floodwaters came and got them. Spiritually speaking, there's floodwaters that's going to come and catch us. Are we building the boat? Keep the vision in mind. Keep the reward in mind. What's going to happen? We're going to be saved from this awful place of this world one of these days if you receive Christ in your life. Second thing I would say here, and you can look back in the a book of Hebrews at chapter 11, and you can see where others had a vision as well. Uh, it talks about Noah, uh, but it talks about also, it talks about Abraham, talks about Moses, they had a vision. They kept the reward in mind. I say another step of us resetting our lives is 
Core values. Live core values. Core values is this. They form the foundation of our conduct in our life. Whatever our values are, that's the foundation of our own life. And you'll see that we, how we're living our life, you can tell what our foundation is. Is it made up of core values? You know anybody that's living a life that's built a foundation of wickedness and sin and deceit and lies and problems and trouble and they bring, bring all those things to, the, to their lives. We as a child of God, we need to have the core values. For those that are Christians, these values come from the Word of God. And they've stood the test of time. The values that we find in the Scriptures that were taught by the prophets of old, that has been taught and written by the apostles, by the Apostle Paul in his writing. The values that we find, the core values that God would have in a Christian's life, they've stood the test of time and they'll still continue to stand the test of time. The world wants you to get away from the, from the Word. But we've got to have more of the Word into the world. What's your core values? There's just a couple I'm going to mention here. The first core value for us to say, okay, I need to reset my life. I need to put on the path of where God wants it. I need to change my ways. I'm going to turn from that, what, how I used to live. I'm going to live closer to Christ and follow Him because I know I've got a reward coming one of these days. And keep that in mind. Well, the one thing it takes to get there is your belief in Jesus Christ. That's got to be the first and foremost thing. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I wonder how many people know a really good person in your life. They're just really good to the core, but they don't have Christ. They'll help you. They'll help anybody. They'll go out of their way to help people. They'll help the church. They're benevolent. They're friendly. They're outgoing. But they don't have Jesus Christ. That friendliness and that kindliness and helpfulness, those are all great values to have. But the core value must start with Jesus Christ. Our belief in Him. Because all those other things won't get you to heaven. Jesus Christ gets you to heaven. Hmm. Do you believe in Him? Over in Acts 16.31, it says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Not a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. A lot of people say, talk about God or Jesus and, and even say that they believe them, believe in them. That's that may be a head knowledge because they maybe they've been taught that, maybe they've grown up that way. But it becomes a heart knowledge when you invite Jesus into your own life. Don't have a head knowledge of him, have a heart knowledge of Christ. Believe within your being in your core. On Christ. Paul said this over Philippians. said, for, for to me to live is Christ. 
and to die is gain. A lot of times we look at those latter words, to die is gain, meaning when we leave this world, we're going to that heavenly home that He's given us a promise. But, what did, what did Paul say? He said, to live is Christ. Meaning for me to live here in this life, the core value of Paul's life, once he was converted, once he was saved, he said it's Jesus Christ. He said I have nothing to brag about and boast about other than Jesus Christ. That's a core value in his life. And that should be a core value in our own life. That's the, one of the core values. I, I, I like, I'll, I'll put these two kind of together because the other one comes from a question that Jesus Got one one day. Said so Jesus, what is the greatest of all the commandments? And I said this not too long ago to the church. I don't believe they were just talking about the Ten Commandments. I believe they were talking about all the commandments that were given down through the Mosaic Law, down through the Scriptures. What's the greatest one? Really trying to pin him down or put him on the spot. And he hung all of them on these two, he said. He said, first, that you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to stop right there for just a second. If you don't love the Lord supremely in your life, I guarantee you, you need a reset. <laughs> you need a reset. Is God supreme in your life right now? Everything that you attempt to do in this life, and I know we fail, but everything you attempt to do, your work, your schooling, your family, whatever you're involved in, is God supreme in your life. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength. He deserves it today for us to give our all to Him. If you're not doing that, you need a reset. God will help you with the reset. If you're willing. Second thing Jesus said. said The second is like unto the first. We said love thy neighbor as thyself. I tell you. Brother Bob. Sometimes I find the second. Harder than the first. Sometimes people make it very hard. To love. No. No family withstanding. Because I know we got a lot of Duncans here. But sometimes people make it difficult. But it should be a core value of our life. Love the Lord supremely. Love others as thyself. Mm. The third step that I'll go ahead and mention here is, as far as resetting our life, is surround ourselves with the body of believers. Those who were at the funeral Wednesday was uh, an unusual message. But I really felt led to go down that path and I had asked folks to accept Christ in their heart and life. There were those that raised their hands, several that had raised their hands said they would do that. That they had repeated those words of that repentance prayer and they received Christ. But I also encouraged them to do this. They needed to confess says, with the heart man believeth, with the mouth confession is made. So they need to tell somebody, I'm a, sa I'm a saved individual. I've got Christ in my life. Second thing I said was they need to get in the Word of God and read what, what it says about the, the man that he just received into their heart. 
And the third thing is find a good Bible preaching, teaching church. Don't go looking for the perfect church. <laughs> Don't go looking for the perfect church. It's not out there. Much as I love this church, we're not perfect. Far from it. We make mistakes. We stub our toe from time to time. We are spirit-led, though. Praise the Lord. I promise you we're spirit-led. Body of believers. Surround yourselves with the body of believers. Over in Hebrews again, chapter 10. It says, let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to give works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This resetting our lives messages have been about the days approaching, the days getting closer when Christ is going to return. It was said earlier out of Hebrews also. It says an appointment the man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. We're facing death. We have an appointment and we don't know when that day and time is, but God does. We're drawing closer to both of those events. Whichever one comes first in our life, we're getting closer and closer and closer. And the writer here says that we need to come together as a body of believers, as a family of God, that we're leaning on one another, we're believing in one another, we're encouraging one another. He said even as that day gets closer, praise God, we've said it's getting closer. We need to encourage one another. These testimonies that we've heard today, it's an encouragement. When we hear about a, a miracle that's taking place right before our very eyes, thank God we need to encourage each other with those messages. We need to let them know about what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do for them. The message is that God loves each and every one of us, no matter how much in sin we truly are, no matter how much at fault, He loves us. Doesn't love us sin, that we're sinning, but He loves us as an individual. That's why He gave His very own Son. we got to come together like never before. Rally around one another for the same common goal and to see others come in and accept Christ. Resetting your life. We'd ask you to examine. Your, we'd ask you to ask God to exa examine your life right now. Your heart. Are you truly where you are in your relationship with Him? Where He wants you to be. After we reset, and I pray after speaking with several last week, I believe there were several that understood and agreed and but we're going to talk about maintaining that reset too. I asked Bobby to get ready for an invitation song. Mikey had mentioned this to me um, last Sunday. And um, uh, that it crossed my mind. I thought about it this week a little bit too. But talking about maintaining the re reset. You know, sometimes we've got our phones or we've got our tablets, we've got our computers. And sometimes we get it so messed up, or I do, that I just gotta do the factory default. I gotta do the factory reset. I got, you know what that means? I just gotta start all over. I gotta undo everything I screwed up, and I gotta start over. So let's just do a factory reset. Now, if you're a child of God, you don't have to get lost again. You're, if you're a child of God, you're saved. Okay. 
Praise the Lord. But also when we were saved, you realized of something special that had just happened to you. You realized what God had just done for you. And then life happens. And things distract us. Things interfere with our life. We have circumstances that tear us down sometimes. When, when, when our phone or computer or whatever really gets messed up, generally it's because of an outside virus that has gotten into that computer. The world is the outside virus. And as things happen and circumstances come, sometimes some of that world starts bleeding in and we get an outside influence in our spiritual life. And maybe we got to hit the factory reset button. And say, God, take me back to that point that I was saved. When I felt that spirit so strong, so powerful in my life. When I was being influenced by you and not influenced by the things of the world. God, take me back to that. Or maybe you're here not received Christ in your life. God created you for a purpose. And it's time for you to come. And say, God, I've lived this life up to this point without you. I've not fulfilled your purpose. I want to go to heaven. I want to receive that reward myself one day. I want to be given that promise too that I can go there. That I can go and be with the saints of God, that I can go and be with my Savior so I can go and be at peace forevermore. God will take your life and where it says He's the author and finisher, He'll begin writing that life story of yours. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter your social standing, doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter who your parents were or they weren't. Doesn't matter any of those things. Timmy talked about that song, Just As I Am, That's the Way God Wants You to Come. As an unbeliever, He wants you to come just as you are and receive Him into your life. Up to this point in your life, you've rejected Him, you've turned it away, maybe you tried to avoid Him. There should be no avoiding one that loves you. There should only be, come on in. I need more of you. How can we maintain that close relationship with Christ? We can't do it on our own. I'll tell you how we can do it. We can do it by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. God said that once He saves us, He puts His Spirit in us. And that Spirit, if you're an unbeliever, you don't quite get this. If you're a child of God, even if you're not where you need to be in serving Him, you get it. Because that Holy Spirit stirs us. When we, need, when we feel unloved, the Holy Spirit says you're loved. When we feel hopeless, the Spirit of God comes to us and says there's hope. Woo! Praise the Lord. That Spirit of God that guides, that loves, that comforts, that helps, that directs, that corrects. That's how we can maintain 
our relationship. That's how we can maintain, maintain the reset. Bob, if you'll come, if you can stand, we'd ask you to stand. I wonder today. Do you need a reset in your life?